Recurrence, a Star Trek alternate original series fic, written by Kurgaya, read by Dr. Fumbles McStupid, with the rating Teen and Up Audiences, Relationships, James T. Kirk, Leonard Bones McCoy, with the additional tags Hurt Comfort, Humor, Minor Original Characters, Don't Copy to Another Site, Headaches and Migraines, and Short One-Shot. Summary. Unfortunately, Comfort isn't high on Starfleet's list of priorities. Sure, the casual tank and sweats are pretty comfy, but they've held to the off-duty levels of standards rather than the, say, handing over a shipwide epidemic to the generous assistance of the venerated healers of an influential and endangered species kind of standard. It's only through years of practice that Leonard makes it to the main transport room with his eyes half shut. It's just as well the doors are automatic, because he can't quite distinguish them from the walls right now. The rush of stale air against his face and the familiar swish alert him to the fact that he's a few inches off the mark. And he sidesteps, just in time to avoid braining himself on the control panel to the side of the door. The transporter room is painfully shiny. Leonard is two days past a migraine, and firmly in the head explosion territory of stress, and he pinches his nose at the dazzling onslaught of light. There are two blobs of red at the station, one of them distinctly Scottish, and then a blur of blue-gold across the room. He stumbles over to Spock and Jim. His ridiculous headache smooshes their faces into an indiscernible mess, but Leonard has worked on this ship for long enough to recognize all of her crew by their footsteps alone, and the gold blob takes a definitely Jim step towards him, a sort of aborted half-lunge that Jim only falls into when he wants to sweep Leonard into his arms, but has to be professional about it. Bones! "'Christ Almighty, no need to shout!' Leonard says, accepting the gentle touch at his elbow in lieu of the hug he knows Jim wants to give. "'What I miss?' "'You're supposed to be sleeping,' Jim says, ushering him nearer to the Spock blob. "'Mbenga agreed to relieve you as soon as we made contact.' Leonard lifts his hand in a half-hearted greeting. "'He's so tired. He probably looks a right mess in his standard-issue tank and sweats.' But he hasn't seen a mirror for the last three days, and nobody's called him out on looking like a hunk of garbage. So it's anyone's guess. He did, at least, show some forethought and throw on the doctor's coat before stumbling down here. The sleeves even have his rank cuffs attached, and they glimmer in a beautiful silver light that makes Leonard want to be sick. His head hurts so bad. Yeah, well. He begins, only to find he has no excuse. They all knew he wasn't actually going to go to sleep so soon after a crisis, and it was ambitious of Jim to even suggest it. Poor Joffrey was too polite to tell Jim to go fuck himself. I couldn't tell Mahindra to oversee the cargo delivery all by herself. I left Joffrey with her. The extra medical supplies couldn't come soon enough. Sick Bay is near overwhelmed with patients. They've converted a third of Deck 7 to additional ward and treatment space since the outbreak of the epidemic and that's on top of the pop-up clinics they've installed in the lower decks. The state of the crew is dire and rapidly declining, and that's before considering the state of the ship. Leonard hasn't left sickbay all week. He has no idea what's been going on around the rest of the ship. The Enterprise could be on her last legs for all he knows, and he's been blissfully unaware under a mountain of work. Sickbay is always the last to know what's going on, and yet the first to feel the repercussions. They're lucky Jim and Spock are still standing. The virus has knocked most of the human crew off their feet, and it's only luck that saved Jim so far. On the other hand, none of the half-human crewmen seem any worse for the wear, including Spock, and Leonard counts his blessings. He's always up for a challenge, sure, 
but innovating emergency medicine for hybrids, it's such a pain in the ass. One of the nurses could have stepped in, Jim suggests, thankfully lowering his voice. You didn't have to come down here. Leonard's head nurse could run sick bay blindfolded. Truth be told, Jim, I ain't sure where all of my nurses and paramedics are at the Mo. You know they're the best of the best, and I'm sure they're doing swell. I'm just too tired to keep track of that shit. Jim's grip tightens on his elbow. The Spock blob steps a little closer, as though expecting Leonard to collapse. Which he won't, God forbid. He's not a delicate flower. But if someone put a bed behind him right now, he might just fall very intentionally onto it, and maybe not move for a week. But he's not going to tell Spock that. I know. I'm sure it's fine, Jim says with a put-out little sigh. I wish you'd sleep. I already passed on your apologies. Sleep? Leonard wants a vacation, but they can't have everything. He pats Jim's arm to soften the blow. Well, you're gonna have to unapologize then. I ain't stopping yet, so pull up your breeches and deal with it. I'm here now, ain't I? Might as well be useful. I concur, Captain, Spock says. And ain't that just a damn shame. For Jim. The doctor's presence will no doubt be of assistance in the sharing of information between our two parties. Yeah, yeah, Jim says, and he softens that blow by sliding his hand down to the small of Leonard's back. He doesn't quite go as far as to dip his fingers below Leonard's waistband, but the way he bumps their hips together suggests he wants to. He always wants to. If they were standing any closer together, they'd be one person, and that's hardly the image any respectable starship captain should be presenting to visiting parties. Not that Leonard has seen any visiting parties. He looks around, not quite trusting his eyes. We getting guests along with those medical supplies, then? The hell even are we, anyway? Docked into some sort of starbase? Correct, Doctor, Spock replies. The star Pashea responded to our distress call 17.3 hours ago and has escorted us to... Spare me the details. We get medical staff. And the commanding officer, Jim adds. He runs his gaze over Leonard's less-than-appropriate uniform. I love these sweats on you, by the way. Subtle, Jim. Real subtle. Leonard huffs. I ain't changing. He smiles. Not asking you two bones. Good. Because all due respect to the captain or commodore or whoever runs this old tin we've bumped into, but I've been awake for three days keeping us all alive while we limped here, and they're just going to have to deal with me like this. Yeah? Jim says, clearly amused. Good thing they won't care about that. That right, Leonard ventures. Not that it makes a difference either way. It does, however, unwind a knot of tension in his shoulders. Just because he's made a point about breaking regulation doesn't mean he has to like it. Doesn't sound like any Commodore I know. He raises an eyebrow at Spock, who is usually the first to correct Jim's presumptions, especially when it comes to the rules. Although credit should be given where it's due, Spock's become a lot more lax about the nitpicky fleet regulations since serving under Jim, and Leonard will give credit for that, even if most senior officers wouldn't. There are more important things to worry about in the ass end of space than some fancy-dancy proprietary... Whether or not Leonard's wearing the right trousers won't matter when he's elbow-deep in someone's gut, will it? But Spock says nothing. He just returns the quirk of Leonard's eyebrow with a magnificence that no human could ever contend with. And as often occurs with Spock, Leonard gets the distinct impression he's being humored. Requests to beam aboard received from the station, Captain, Scotty calls, before Leonard can shake a straight answer out of Jim and his contrary first officer. Lock and load, Scotty, Jim says. He gives Leonard's hip a squeeze before putting some space between them. His face has mostly taken shape in Leonard's vision now, and he looks about as tired as Leonard feels. 
He's holding himself together, though, standing tall and ready and still radiant in his command gold, which is a right side more effort than Leonard is putting into anything right now. God, he feels sick. Relax, Bones, Jim says as the transporter starts to flash and whirl. It's not any Commodore at all. They're Vulcans. Vulcans? Affirmative, Doctor, Spock says, and it's the most excited Leonard's ever heard him. It has been a while since they've been around any other Vulcans, with the whole planet turning into a black hole and all. A whole space station is practically a gold mine of Vulcan sass. As I attempted to explain previously, the Enterprise and the Star Pachea have now rendezvoused with the Vulcan Research Station in this sector. They have offered us their aid. That's mighty wonderful, Leonard says, and he means it in every way except for the fact that he is beyond underdress for a party of Vulcan healers. He almost would have preferred an admiral. He hasn't had the privilege of working alongside a Vulcan healer since those terrible days aboard the Enterprise in the immediate aftermath of Vulcan's destruction. And it is a privilege. Leonard has lots of things to say about Vulcans and their logic, mostly just to wind up Spock, but their healers are unparalleled. Sure, he doesn't get all of the telepathy voodoo, but there was a reason the Vulcan Science Academy was the place to be, and that's because they're all geniuses, and their medical research is no exception. Leonard only wishes he had the chance to visit a teaching hospital or two before Vulcan went and got blown to smithereens. The other thing about Vulcans that he can't help but respect is their dress sense. Those damn crazy-ass scientists know how to make a pile of blankets look good. And if there's one thing Leonard appreciates when he's in surgery for twelve hours and sweating through his eyeballs, it's a comfy pair of clothes. Unfortunately, comfort isn't high on Starfleet's list of priorities when it comes to the uniform. Sure, the casual tank and sweats are pretty comfy, but they're held to the off-duty level of standards rather than the, say, handing over a shipwide epidemic to the generous assistance of venerated healers of an influential and endangered species kind of standard. Leonard tightens his doctor's coat over his sweats. It's a miracle he's not wearing slippers. You will not cause offense in your current dress, Spock says, echoing Jim's earlier reassurances. It would be illogical to judge such trivialities as your appearance in the light of your effort to ensure the ongoing health of the crew. You calling me scruffy? Leonard grumbles, but he does his best to relax. Six Vulcans materialize on the transporter pad. One is the commanding officer of the station, and two have the VSA colors on their shoulders. The other three are wearing healer's robes. A volley of Vulcan salutes go up. Leonard clutches his coat closed over his chest, trying not to draw attention to himself. He can't even blame Jim for not giving him any warning about this, because it's Leonard's fault for stumbling down here instead of getting some rest like he'd been asked. Fucking relax, he tells himself. He's allowed to be scruffy. He's barely slept all week, and his head, honest to God, hurts like a bitch. And this is my chief medical officer, Dr. McCoy, Jim says, as composed and perfect as ever despite the harrowing week they've all had. Leonard, of course, can see the cracks in Jim's persona, but he's probably the only one. Vulcans are a lot of things, a lot of great things, but none of them know Jim Kirk as intimately and medically and reluctantly as Leonard does. Your service honors us, Leonard manages, hoping it isn't too obvious that he wasn't listening to most of the conversation. He feels Spock shift ever so slightly beside him, so that's probably immediately a bust. Oh well, as long as they haven't all joked at his expense. Jim gestures for the healers to bombard Leonard with their combined medical prowess, and they do so, bearing much-needed supplies and knowledge and no small amount of bullshit detection. 
He tries not to look too exhausted or overwhelmed, or as though he's about to fall over at any possible second, but judging by the angles of their truly impressive eyebrows, they see right through his facade. Don't throw up on the Vulcans, Leonard begs himself. For the love of God, do anything but throw up on the Vulcans! Somehow, he manages to show them down to sickbay without passing out. His medical staff have everything under control because they're damn brilliant, but he hears a collective sigh of relief across the emergency ward at the sight of the healers. They could honestly do with a lot more hands, but three pairs is more than they had five minutes ago, and Vulcans basically count for a few pairs each anyway. Joffrey is nowhere to be seen amongst the sea of white and blue-shirted officers, although that might just be Leonard's migraine turning him blind. Someone breaks away from the crowd to approach the Vulcans, and after squinting his eyes really hard, he sees that it's Christine. See, Leonard's head nurse can run this shit show without him. Nurse Chapel, he says formally, turning to introduce her to the healers. It's only then that he realizes he can't recall their names at all, or possibly never even heard them in the first place, and he ends up gesturing as uselessly as a resident wearing his big boy doctor pants for the first time. Ugh, I'm real sorry. We recognize and understand your exhaustion, Dr. McKay, says one of the Vulcans. Commander Spock has briefed us on the situation. With your permission, we will integrate ourselves among your staff where our expertise will be most adequate. Leonard is sure he would be blushing if he had any blood left in his head. As it stands, it feels like most of it has clotted at his knees, threatening to drag him down. He gestures for Christine to swoop in and take the reins. Uh, sure. That'll be swell. And then because he apparently hasn't humiliated himself enough, he hears himself add, Sorry about the gym jams. They stare at him. They just fucking stare at him. Leonard gestures at Christine a little harder. Your apology is unnecessary, the second Vulcan says, and when she turns to Leonard, the silver light of sickbay shines from her perfect hair. Leonard tries not to close his eyes. We are aware of your species' inclination towards informality, and inferred this applies to all aspects of her culture, including that of your attire. Your preference for the colloquial term Jim Jams is most fascinating, says the third one. I did not inspect her to encounter it in this environment. Did you not? Leonard tries to say but that's when he throws up all over his shoes. Once again, your apology is unnecessary, says the second Vulcan, after Christine has bodied Leonard into a biochair and hooked him up to an IV. The other two healers have drifted into the waves of sickbay without so much as a buy or leave, but it's not like they really needed Leonard's permission to help out the sick and the injured. He certainly hopes not anyway. The remaining healer probably wants a rundown of the past week or to pick Leonard's brain, but she shows the great Vulcan restraint by standing at his side instead, and not commenting as a nurse wipes vomit from her robe. My bedside manner is usually a little better than this, Leonard says. He can barely keep his eyes open, his head slumped into his hand. The fluids from the IV would help a lot better if Christine swapped it for straight caffeine. Your bedside manner, as you so call it, was expected said the Vulcan. I threw up on you. She tilts her head. Your captain informed us of the possibility and offered his assurances that your intentions were that of goodwill. He knew he should have paid attention to the conversation in the transporter room. Leonard's head tips back in horror. What? He croaks. Were his exact words. The healer seems to think back on it for a second, which is the closest to laughing at him that a Vulcan can get. I believe it was a sentiment tantamount to. It means he likes you. Sweet Jesus! Jim! That damn shuttle. 
That goddamn shuttle from Riverside is going to haunt him forever. Which I gather is applicable in our current circumstance. Only if you help me kill him, Leonard says, and with none of his pride left to lose, he willingly submits to the sweet oblivion of his migraine and slumps down in his chair. The End